0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I am Will Brinson. I am your host. It is Thursday, April 2nd. We made it through April Fool's Day, the worst day of the year. I hate April Fool's Day. Doubling down that this is the first time my son has ever figured out April Fool's and he spent the entire day pranking me. Um, then I gave him a fake link that said iPads and YouTube are illegal in Raleigh now, according to the governor. And uh, he sort of lost it for a little while. And he had to click on the link, and it says April Fool's. So, gotcha, Robbie. Um, but I uh, hope everybody's doing well in the quarantine situation. Stay safe. Be kind to your neighbors, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Make sure to subscribe and rate and review. If you have, uh, we're doing a little bit of a different show today. We actually have three interviews for today's show. Let's say hypothetically, there's somebody you want us to interview. Leave it in a five-star review, and we will try to make that interview happen. Could be NFL players, could be uh, I don't know, uh, media members, whatever it is. If you want to talk about a team, a specific team, you want us to talk to somebody about a team, let us know in a five-star review. You can also ask any question. Leave it for a future mailbag. And might I add that while we're all locked down in quarantine and you're trying to be a good neighbor, what better way to be a good neighbor than to tell your friend, Tell your neighbor friend or just your neighbor or your friend about this podcast. If you like the podcast and think other people would like it, tell somebody and just tell one person Say, check out this podcast if you like football. It's a great podcast. Um, and maybe they'll check it out and they'll like it too. Maybe they won't, but you know, you're know, you at least helping us spread the word. All the people who listen to the show on a regular basis, I consider very good friends. So uh, thank you for listening and thank you for spreading the word. Let's get to the interviews. First up, we are going to have... ESPN's Dan Orlovsky, former NFL quarterback, 12 years in the league, um, now working on Get Up and a many, a myriad other shows uh, at ESPN. Does great work. we will talk to him about his recent list that involves Carson Wentz being very high on it. And then after the break, we will talk to two former XFL turned NFL quarterbacks. First up, Jordan Tayamu of the Kansas City Chiefs, and then PJ Walker of The Carolina Panthers, P.J. Walker, of course, the would-be MVP of the Houston Roughnecks uh, of the XFL, and uh, Jordan from the St. Louis Battlehawks. Really interesting conversation about sort of the transition um, involving going from the XFL, going from, you know, into the XFL, then back out, then into the NFL, and, and a bunch of other subjects. So stick around for those. First, though, let's go talk to Dan Orlovsky. All right, joining us now, Dan Orlovsky. Twelve years as an NFL quarterback, now omnipresent on ESPN at Dan Orlovsky seven on Twitter. Dan, thank you so much for taking the time. I uh, hope you guys are uh, are holding up well. Hold up, um, as you know, look, it's uh, it is it is. At least, at least, football is happening right now, right? Like, there's something to talk about from our perspective.
1: Yeah, yeah, well, it's good to be with you, man. And, and same to you. And, and for sure, dude, like if we didn't have football right now, um, oof, I, I certainly would be in a much more, um, challenged mind, headspace. So at least we have that.
0: Yeah. I, I think that the first week of being quarantined was a lot easier. I was like, I'm used to this. It's just free agency. And now I'm like seeing, you know, now I'm seeing my wife and child more often. And, uh, it is, uh, it is more challenging to take care of that time. Um, but I, I, you know, I, I want to start with this because, you know, during the quarantine, uh, you actually, uh, did something cool. You, you reached out to help the community and, and made a couple food runs. Um, can you sort of, I, I'm curious just what you sort of did to give back. And I, I think that's, I think that's fantastic that somebody, uh, in your position is still willing to dive right in and do that, especially knowing, you know, you have multiple kids at the house. So you got plenty on your own plate, much less. Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. um, I appreciate that. No, I, you know what, when everything started and we had all the experts on television saying, this is the best option for us. Like people stay home, especially if you're the more at risk crew, like stay home and, and um, kids can't go to school. So stay home. And I was thinking like, man, everyone has to stay home, but there's some people who, you know, like kids need to eat, right? Like I, I can, Uh, Adults can get not eat breakfast and lunch because they can get hard-headed and fight through it type thing, but no kids should have to deal with this. And so kids need meals. Or an older couple, like the the people who are leading this are telling you, you can't leave your home, but you need food. So how how can you listen but also not be famished in a way? So I thought, man, the the best way to use my platform in that situation – was to do that. And, um, I, I kind of looked at the situation in totality from the beginning as a, a team thing. And I grew up in team sports and it was always about we, it was always a we thing. And sometimes, um, my performance mattered more and sometimes my performance mattered less. And I needed to hand the ball off a hundred times, or I had to be the backup or I had to go play well as a starter. And so I just looked at it as was like, that was my, that was where my role was going to be at its greatest in, in what we were dealing with as a group of people. And um, so I just wanted to kind of be competitive with my mindset and say, I can do this stuff. This is what I can do to help everybody. Um, and our family could do to help everybody. And I also I'm realistic. I'm 36 years old. If I think that um, over the next 50 years of my life, hopefully um, nothing like this shows its face again, I'm kidding myself and I'm going to be an older person at some point. And I'm hopeful that there's people out there that will help me if it's needed.
0: Yeah, we should uh, let's take the eye out of quarantine. Is what we're trying to do, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, you're the uh, you're the <laughs> you're the opposite of uh, Pete Prisco, who uh, is whose entire name could be spelled with M E or I. Uh, <laughs> I kid, but um, let's get into some football. You did a recent top five NFC quarterback list, and if I recall correctly, based on social media. Uh, this was not at all inflammatory. It did not. You did not receive any replies. We <laughs> were not uh, attacked in any way by people on Twitter for uh, for including Carson Wentz above Aaron Rodgers um, and uh, the the Russell Wilson, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Carson Wentz, Aaron Rodgers. It feels like you are. I don't want to say Carson Wentz Island. Because that's you know there are a lot of people who like Carson Wentz. I like Carson Wentz, but you are you have been banging the table for this guy. Do you think we're you know going to see a leap in 2020 from him?
1: Yeah, I mean I think we saw a leap last year out of him to sure. be honest with you, and and that's kind of the reasoning why I put him in the top five is uh, for for a long time, the talent of Carson Wentz you know was the was what we talked about right the 2017 season where he's the runaway MVP and he's having this the second best second year quarterback season ever behind Dan Marino. Right. And then obviously Patrick Mahomes did it in 2018, but like he's having this runaway MVP season gets hurt and then comes back from the ACL and has a solid 2018, like solid. And, and then last year, this was a maturation of him becoming a quarterback, you know, him becoming a leader. And there's a difference between talent and quarterbacking or throwing and quarterbacking. The quarterbacking is often the thing that we can't see and measure all right, are you willing to play instead of being Superman? Are you willing to be, be Clark Kent for a couple of plays? plays? Um, can you, can your team need you to overcome three or four guys being out? Are you good enough um, to kind of overcome lacking the people that you, you more often than not need around you to play well? And he did that last year. And there's, and there's a maturity that comes with that. There's a growth maturity wise that comes with that. And so, um, yeah, I, I think that we saw that last year. And yes, I'm a fan of Carson Wentz's, uh his game and whatnot. I think he does so much uncoachable stuff um, that I marvel at it. Um, me putting him ahead of Aaron Rodgers, I love Aaron. I, I don't need to tell people how good Aaron Rodgers has been in his, in his career and still is. Um, but if I had to, if I, if if I'm the guy that sits there and watches all the tape, right, and I was the guy last year that was telling everybody Aaron Rodgers can still play even though most of the people were saying he stunk. If right. I'm the guy that sits there and watches the tape, I have to go off what the tape says, not what like you know like what my eyes are telling me. And I've always done that, and I'm always going to do that. And that's why I put Wentz ahead of Rodgers.
0: Okay, uh, just because I'm curious if this lines up with what you're talking about, I think it does. But I have two other examples, and one, you, you're very close to the situation, so you should be able to confirm it. My theory is that Matthew Stafford experienced the same sort of uh, maturation uh, in terms of quarterbacking when he went from the big volume guy of 2012, 13, and maybe even 14, right? 600-plus passing attempts. Uh, and then in 15, 16, 17, he became a much more efficient quarterback. Now, I think it's held up over the course of time, but the Lions just haven't won a lot of games. And I would say the other example would be Cam Newton in 2018 until he hurt his shoulder. He got better in a system as a quarterback. Uh, he, of course, you know he played well with you know, elevated guys around him in 2015, but I felt like both he and Matthew Stafford flew under the radar in terms of guys who became quarterbacks, played well in a system at a certain level, uh, and matured mentally and not physically. Those guys have been mature physically for 20 years, matured mentally. Um, the difference I think with Wentz is that he, he, he's doing it maybe earlier in his career and he has that structure mm-hmm. around him with Doug Peterson and all those pieces in place, right?
1: Yeah. And I was with Matthew when he went through that
0: kind of that three year stretch and I remember.
1: You know, having the conversation with him about that, and his exact words were, I want to make the wow throw all the time because I can. Right. And there's not a lot of guys that can say that, right? Wentz is one of those cats. Mahomes is one of those cats. And so I was with Matt, Matthew kind of, yes, maturity, um, breaking away from something that you've had your mind fixated on for such a long time. Like Matthew Stafford has made throws since the age of seven that no one else could make relative to his age. And so, yes, that's part of that and now has not equated to the wins over. But I would argue that he was playing MVP football last year um, before he got hurt. And that team, I think, was two, three and one. And so, um, yeah, and then Cam very much so in in 2018 before the shoulder injury. And so, uh, yeah, I think that we often talk about maturity in football really as like, you know, not being an idiot off the field, but we very rarely talk about maturity just as far as the development of playing your position and executing your position. And so, um, you know, I, and I think that Aaron, Aaron is still playing great football and, and still dangerous, but we're we are just starting to see who I think is going to be one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL over the next decade.
0: Mm, interesting. Where would Dak Prescott slot on this list? Is he like creeping up to five? Yeah, Dak
1: is, is is certainly you know in that next you know probably the six seven eight nine depending on who your play caller is and um, who, who talent wise who's around you you know it's Dak it's Matt Ryan it's obviously Matthew Stafford it's Kirk Cousins like all those guys here's my thing with Dak it's funny because you know I I did some stuff with Dak and Carson this week and I've been outspoken about those two guys and I had a friend text me why this week uh, on Monday why do you hate Dak? This is a friend of mine, and I said, dude, I don't hate Dak. I think Dak is a good player, but does Dak do anything that I can't coach? Like, does he have instincts or reactionary football or a physical talent that I just can't coach into a guy? And I would argue that he does not, that he could still be a good player. I would argue that Dak's 2016 season, which was by far his best season. It was better than this season that he just had, by the way. Um, he had the, one of the greatest offensive lines in the history of the NFL, history of the NFL. He was playing with a, a running back that's on Hall of Fame trajectory for per, per his performance and one of the best receivers in the history of the Cowboys organization, which is a rich organization at that position. And so um, I just, you know, I, I see Dak as a good player that if, if he's down Ezekiel Elliott or if he's down Frederick or down Tyron Smith or down Amari Cooper, he has not proven – I got you guys. Hop on my back. I'm good enough to carry our football team. He has not done that. And until he does that, it's hard for me to sit there and say, bona fide, pay him the most amount of money in the NFL and top two, three, four guy
0: at the position. So you want to see him throw some touchdowns to Greg Ward Jr. is what you're saying.
1: (laughs) I want to see some touchdowns to Greg Ward Jr. I want want to see him (laughs) win a game when his receivers have less than 75 yards receiving. Which, by the way, Wentz did six times last year, six wins, in which receivers had less than 75 yards. Like, that is insanity. Um, and, and and I always go back to this. In the middle of 2018, middle of October of 2018, everybody was saying, what's wrong with Dak Prescott? And all of a sudden, they traded for Amari, and it becomes a vastly different player. Now, that's the case for a lot of guys, but I, 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 it's hard for me to run from that truth.
0: Yeah, and I mean too, like, the other, I like, I like Dak a lot too, but I do think too, like, if we, we've seen times when Tyron Smith is pulled out of that offensive line and like, all of a sudden Adrian Claiborne's putting Dak on his rear end six, you know, six times in a, in a single game. Um, I'll get you out of here on this because I, I thought it was fascinating. Uh, you, you have helped, um, uh, Mike Greenberg turn his show get up. I like to say it with the, the exclamation point on there. Uh, you've helped to turn Get Up into a, uh, a program that's ascending uh, on the ESPN platform. It's a fun show to watch in the mornings. And you guys made some headlines when Sean Payton was on. And He did he slip up and reveal that it might be Drew Brees' final season?
1: Yeah. You know, well, first of all, thank you for those kind words. It's a joy to be on that show. Um Uh, I don't think that's surprising. You know, I mean, I I think that drew honestly contemplated retirement this year. And I know that he is trending towards a a career in television afterwards. And, and I think that Sean um, probably knows as, as well as anybody, his words are going to be very much so um, paid attention to. And so I don't think it's surprising that he said that. I think that that's Sean's plan. I think that's that's the organization's plan and, and Drew's plan that this is probably his last season or you know I think they believe it is his last season and um, they're they're making very calculated steps to make it as great as possible but also prepare for their future. I I have a sneaky feeling that they somehow will find a way to draft Jake
0: Fromm. Ooh, that's an interesting Breeze comp too because he's I, I don't think he has. Like, Breeze is one of those weird guys because he had arm strength coming out of Purdue, but like, like Tom Brady or Peyton Manning, I mean, he built it into NFL caliber arm strength as he sort of grew, you know what I'm saying? Like, he grew, you knew he could make the yeah. throws. He, he got stronger as he got on. Fromm's knock would be the arm strength, but he, he has like a little Breeze slash Colt McCoy to him. That's, that's an interesting one.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, um, you know, like if I had to kind of paraphrase Drew Breeze on the field, not paraphrase, but, encapsulate him on the field I got in you. a brief uh, eight-word synopsis. It would be he's the best connect-the-dot quarterback mm. of his generation, meaning he knows how quickly, okay, if that dot's there, then that dot has to go there, then that dot has to go there. There's the weakness, right? And he can do it at such an efficient and just almost maniacal pace, and that's Jake Fromm. Like You watch Jake Fromm's tape, and it's just bop, 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 connect-the-dot, 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 and how they're all kind of tied together, and that's kind of – I can see a very much seamless transition thing.
0: Uh, so, uh yeah, it, it, that is fascinating. And it is cool how Drew Brees got matched up with a play caller like Sean Payton, who is a connected mm-hmm. play caller. And that's, that's sometimes what this is all about in the NFL is finding your way as a quarterback to the right play caller. Um, that's what it's about in life too. You got to find your way to the right play caller. Sounds mm-hmm. like your play caller is calling you. So we will, uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll let you get out of here. I had my play callers yelling at me to come down too. Uh, Dan Orlovsky at Dan 7 on Twitter. Watch him on Get Up, uh, as well as other ESPN platforms. You're doing a great, great work, man. And I uh, appreciate you taking the time. Thanks, dude. I appreciate it, bud. Be good. The all new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family.
1: Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer
0: support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Now join the program, Jordan Ta'amu, former St. Louis Battle Hawks XFL quarterback signed by the Kansas City Chiefs. Hey, first of all, buddy, congratulations on, um, I know the XFL got cut short because of national crisis situations, but you know, I mean, and, and that's not good for anybody. We wanted it to keep going. I was enjoying it. Um, but your play in that league landed you a job in the NFL. So that's pretty cool, right?
2: Yeah, that's awesome. You know, I'm just grateful with another opportunity to go out there and showcase myself and, um, really grateful for the XFL and everything they, Believed in, and uh, it's been a good ride. So I'm excited to um, be with the Chiefs.
0: <laughs> How, I mean, yeah, pretty good team. They uh, they had a decent season last year. Uh, I don't know that you were going to be named the starter this off season, though. Do do you have any any, <laughs> any inclination on that? Yeah,
2: no, no, for sure. No, my job is just to uh, really watch and learn behind Patrick Mahomes. He's he's a great quarterback overall. Kind of looked up to him and like the way he played his game. And I'm um, just excited to learn under Andy Reid and and
0: that offense so yeah so sort of walk us through how uh you know how the deal happened and because i mean I, i'm sure that this stuff was sort of flying kind of fast and crazy i mean the xfl was one of the later leagues to cancel but yeah. uh, it did feel as if you know there was just no way anybody could go forward with the sporting events that they had planned and um and then so, so I mean, sort of walk us through that that crazy process yeah. in, in your life
2: yeah it was crazy um it was a thursday we um Thursday afternoon we, we're just we're in the locker room we're just hearing teams we're just hearing leagues get shut down, canceled and we're over there like do we still practice or or what? And uh, so our coach came out and said, hey, we're still practicing uh, they haven't said anything to us. So we went out there like a regular Thursday preparing for Saturday and uh, did, did our practice, came back in the locker room still haven't heard anything and we thought we were just gonna play in front of no fans. And uh, our travel day was the next day. And they're like, if we travel to Florida, we're playing. And then we, that later that night, we got an email from the XFL saying they're going to shut, shut it down, um, for this year because of the coronavirus. And then we had a team meeting the next morning. And then after that team meeting, um, uh, my agent called, talked with the coaches on the, on the, on the staff and they're like saying, uh, you, you could get an opportunity here with, with some teams. Um, some teams been calling and asking about you already. So. Um, I know your agent's dealing with a bunch of that and um, setting up the the right team for you and um, that's what my agent's been doing ever since that league dropped in um, so um the chiefs he kind of called me and said, hey the chiefs are are pre- pretty interested and looking hard we're just waiting for for more deals or offers we'll see what's what's gonna happen and then that Monday when they released the XFL players can sign with the NFL players or with the NFL team then uh and that's when my agent called and said hey I think the Chiefs would be the best fit for you and and uh, best opportunity for someone to stick. So uh, yeah, I feel yeah. Let's let's go ahead and do it. So uh, with I the mean, series.
0: this will sound weird and maybe even dumb, but I would argue that the playing for the Kansas City Chiefs with Andy Reid as the head coach as a backup or like anywhere on the depth chart behind Patrick Mahomes is almost like a yeah. better opportunity for long-term growth because you're just 22 years old but like yeah. you're not and you're not like 29 or anything then yeah. being like a starter for the dolphins next year does that does that make sense in a, in a weird yeah. way
2: yeah that means then I, that's that's exactly what i what i needed was just a great quarterback coach and then an opportunity since you like you said i was young and uh just gotta needed more experience and that's what the XFL gave me and um hopefully just sitting sitting behind and, uh patching my homes and learning from that offense will help me get better throughout the years so definitely
0: Hey, uh, I'm curious, what was the, um, so, you know, you were, uh, you know, you went to, to high school in Hawaii and then eventually yeah. after a transfer, you went to college at Old Miss. Those are two yeah. slightly different places. How was that? What was the, like the, the juxtaposition of, of living in Hawaii for a long time and then uh, being down at the Grove, which w- while very different is also a very fun yeah. place.
2: It was, uh, yeah, it was super different. You know, the weather, the food, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. what, <laughs> what definitely stood out was the people, you know, just, uh, um, I kind of felt, like that Helloa spirit as soon as I stepped on campus and everybody was showing love. So that definitely had the same vibe as Hawaii. Um, but you know, Hawaii's always home. It's always a place to go to. It's always 85 degrees. So I'm always back there in the winter while everyone's freezing. So uh, it's, it's not a bad spot.
0: <laughs> I didn't even realize it, but, um, you and, uh, in, in 2018, you and Tua were the top, uh, SEC passers, right? So it was like a, like a full, yep. uh, full Hawaiian. Um, uh, coverage there down the SEC. That's that's pretty fascinating to see. It did, it, is it? Yeah. I mean, are you are you tight with all the guys who come from the islands like that? Or is, I, I I always get uh, the sense that there is a brotherhood there, right?
2: Yeah, just just some of the guys, you know. Um, uh, we we it's a small island, so we all kind of know the big names and um the big people. So we uh, I know me, Mackenzie, Milton from UCF. Yeah. And then Tua to Tungvalo, we kind of like grew up watching each other like in high school and. And uh now especially in college. So we've been keeping tabs and keeping keeping uh in touch with each other and working out whenever we get home. So um
0: that's, uh, yeah. Have you uh you got any insight into whether like I feel like Tua looks like he's healthy. I don't know if you talked to him about it or not, but like we watched his videos. Yeah. Feels like he's gonna be good to go for the draft, but that's just my crazy opinion.
2: I think I think he is too, you know. He's I saw the videos too, like you said, um and he's he's looking sharp and I think he's gonna be ready.
0: Mm, I like it. Um, what uh you know? Are you so you had AJ Brown and DK Metcalf at the at the same time? That's yeah, uh yeah. that's not bad.
2: <laughs> not a bad spot, you know. I had good receivers and a good tight end, so I had weapons all around me, and my job was to to get them the ball. And really, have,
0: was Evan Ingram there too?
2: Uh He he was there after. I mean, uh, people
0: be like there. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right, that's right, that's right. Uh, what was the craziest place you ever played at uh, when you were at the in the SEC? Like, in terms of just, you know, you walk in and, and you're like, yeah. whoa, this is, this is wild.
2: <laughs> I'll say LSU game. Eight o'clock <laughs> in, in Death Valley, what they call it. So I'm just like, dude, this is kind of, and the seats are right there in front of you. So it's kind of like super loud uh, from the jump. But I think that was the most loudest stadium I've been in.
0: I think those guys, they, they might drink a couple of beers or, uh, or, you know, a little, little, little brown liquor before they go to those too. Not <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, what, uh, you know, the XFL experience, it feels like I, I, I got into it. I don't know, man. I, I, I it, and it felt like the, fa- the fans and there was a real, uh, not, not just in person, but, uh, you know, also online. It did feel like there was this very, Pretty surprising surge of interest in the XFL. Did you guys feel that internally as well as you were playing these games?
2: Yeah, did it honestly felt awesome. You know, just from the jump, uh, from the first game, or like we were all questionable, like seeing like how it's gonna happen, like when, when we start playing, and, and when we started playing, we the fans were behind us, and everything was going well with the with the with the um, TV settings and stuff and like that. But um, it was it was honestly exciting and, and fun to play. So our fans definitely gave us something to play for, and and it was just just great to play football again.
0: So it, well, it felt like your your combination too of being a capable, very, I mean, obviously a very very capable passer, but uh, a, your ability to use your legs too. Do you think the NFL is just? I, I go back and forth on this whether it's a uh, in uh, an influx of young quarterbacks who are just inherently more mobile, or whether the NFL is truly migrating. To, uh, to a league where you do need to use your legs more often than you might have in the past. Do you think this is a, a full-blown change uh, in the NFL and, and maybe across all professional footballs?
2: Yeah, I think it's just changing over time. You know, uh, more teams want a quarterback that's mobile. More teams want a quarterback that can run and throw just to give a, another threat to the offense. And uh, I think I have all the tools of, of that and I've been doing that my whole life, you know, since from high school to junior college to Ole Miss and XFL. So um am excited to use my legs again and, um, use it if I have to.
0: What are you, what are you doing amidst this, uh, you know, the, I mean, the Corona thing is, is going on and, or, you know, around us everywhere, but, yeah. uh, you know, you've, you've got to, you've, you've got to kind of plan to stay, you know, stay in shape and to get ready for football. Uh, what are you doing? Like, what's your workout regimen look like? Do you, are you, are you just yeah. like ripping pull ups on the door? Or like what's, what's going <laughs> on?
2: Uh, so one of my buddies here, um, he has a like an indoor gym in his garage. So we kind of do a little workout there. And then whenever I need to throw, I just take like two guys with me to the field and then kind of just get that, get that out of the way. So I kind of throw two, three times a week and okay. work out four times. So I was just trying to get a little something each week and something different every day.
0: Do you, and it's obviously, it's, it's really tough. This is going to be a very bizarre off season because they're, you know, um like, you know, the Panthers time, PJ Walker, you know, you've been signed by the Chiefs. There's going to be a bunch of rookies who are drafted in uh, less than a month and there's a decent chance and we don't know how it's going to play out, but there's a decent chance that, you know, we're going to see limited offseason OTAs. And if that's the case, it's going to be hard to pick up a new system. How are, are you, are you like, are you like watching old Chiefs games on Game Pass? Are you playing Madden? Are you like, (laughs) I mean, like secretly FaceTiming Andy Reid? Like, like, is there any, any way you can do that or just working on basic throwing anyway?
2: Um, I'm just working on basic throwing, kind of, you know, Madden here and there, kind of play with them to see what the little playbooks are all about. But, uh, now, nah, but just, uh, yeah, kind of just, as soon as I get there, you know, just kind of just get on the grind from day one and, and, uh, never get my head out of that book. So, um, uh, that's kind of my mindset going into it is really what just a, be ready.
0: Uh, what, what, what non, uh, football related things you've been doing to keep busy during the, uh, the old lockdown.
2: Uh, you know, board games are pretty fun oh. now. Uh, Uno, you know, kind of competitive now. Uh, what else we got? We play spades, uh, That's video cool. games, watch Netflix shows, ti- um, just watch the Tiger King done, done
0: the other night. So I just, I just watched it. I mean, I don't, I don't know if there are any spoilers in it. I just watched the third episode. Uh, the yeah, one yeah. like they're basically setting Carol up as a murderer. It's, yeah, exactly. It's, it's insane, With man. The husband and everything, uh, Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh the guy just disappears and Yeah. Um uh, what else have uh what else have you been checking out on Netflix? Uh
2: what else is on Netflix? Uh All American dude, top show for real. Oh, I haven't seen
0: it. Right. You haven't seen it? All American?
2: Yeah.
0: No, what is it? Oh yeah.
2: It's it's like a it's like a football star, like he's in Crenshaw and then he goes
0: to Beverly. Uh, so, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty unique. It's cool. All right, I'll check that out. What, uh, what, what video games are you, are you jamming on? Madden. Uh, Madden?
2: I play like UFC. Love knocking people out. I've uh, seen,
0: I've seen that game, but I've never played it. Is it, is it worth? awesome. Okay. All right.
2: It's fun. It's fun. I like it. Especially playing against someone. So I kind of play that or, or, uh, or Madden or baseball. So whichever one.
0: Okay. We're in <laughs> did you, did you play baseball as a,
2: yeah, I play baseball. Uh, my whole life all the way to my senior year.
0: Of high school or college?
2: High school.
0: Okay. Yeah. Now see, that's, that's really interesting to me. And I don't know if you, like, I mean, obviously Patrick Mahomes, you know, his dad's a yeah. great baseball player. I think that there is, like, if I, if my, I mean, there's a good chance my son who's six will not be athletic because, you know, he's me and my wife's son. But if he was really athletic, I would, I, and he wanted to play football, I would tell him that that he needs to go and be and spend a lot of time playing baseball because I think if you look at uh, Mahomes, yeah. Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, you can see yeah. when these guys scramble and run and they keep their like their throwing platform, it's it's yeah. always balanced and it looks like a shortstop or a second baseman on the move.
2: Yeah, that's facts. Honestly, just the arm, the, arms the arm, arm Yeah, yep.
0: yeah. So like 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 like, would you, if you were telling kids who wanted to be a quarterback. Um, that they should also try and be multi-sport people?
2: I think so because, you know, quarterbacks out there should be the most athletic person out there. And, um, you know, it's always been like that growing up. So, yeah, for sure, I think baseball helped a lot.
0: All right, if I talk to Andy Reid, if the owners' meetings ever happen, and I'm going to ask Andy Reid about this baseball connection because he was, he was linked to Russell Wilson when he was with the Eagles. Yeah. So, I don't think Nick Foles played baseball. Did Vic play anyway, anyway, but like I, know, I, yeah. I wonder, I wonder if he's onto this baseball training thing too. I think he might be, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna not dig a, in not it. Not a lot of
2: people, yeah, not a lot of people know I played, but yeah, yeah I, I, I in the small island. So, yeah.
0: did you uh, what position did you play?
2: I played pitcher, uh right field, and shortstop. So All right, I was see, like
0: sitting around. Yeah, this is there's something to this. See now it's different with like a, and then Jameis Winston, also a pitcher um, and an outfielder, but less. Yeah. Less of the platform stuff with him sometimes. All right, Jordan, uh, I really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, I, I'm excited to see you on the Chiefs. I think it's gonna be fun. I think uh, I think you've got a, a bright future in the NFL. And uh, I'm sorry we didn't get to see the rest of the, the XFL season, but uh, good chatting to you. And uh, enjoy your offseason, man.
2: Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. All
0: right, joining us now, P.J. Walker, new quarterback for Carolina Panthers, and uh, yeah. XFL star. How does that sound, by the way?
3: Oh, that sounds great. You know, just to be—I'm excited for the opportunity. You know, moving forward with the uh, Carolina Panthers, and um, had a great opportunity with the XFL. You know, I had a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. Well, look, you're—I thought I was into the XFL. I was doing like XFL DFS and and watching the games. And obviously, you know, you, uh, you know, you stood out. What was it? Did you think it's something that? It, you know the the AAF when it came out didn't didn't exactly work so well. It felt like the XFL had sustaining sustaining power. Would you agree?
3: Yeah, I thought the XFL uh, had an opportunity. You know to continue to build, continue to grow as a uh, as a new league, and uh, continue to to show everybody what it was capable of.
0: Uh, what was the uh, biggest difference for you as a player, somebody who was with the Colts back in 2017, um, and then with the XFL this past year, now back in the NFL. What was the biggest, uh, difference or adjustment from the NFL to the XFL?
3: Um, just picking up on things a lot faster, you know, adjusting to a whole team, um, as quick as we did. And, uh, you know, the practice times is different and, uh, it was just, it was just different. It was different. Definitely been, uh, in the XFL, you know, we, we did a lot of things different. Due to uh, the way the league was run and it was it was fun enough. It was definitely fun. We settled the practice and things like that, which was awesome. As a as a, as a team, and uh, we stayed in a hotel, which was I, I, thought, I thought it all was great. So I thought it was all great.
0: Are you um Are you going to be declaring yourselves the XFL champions?
3: <laughs> Until the XFL give us the championship, then we'll declare ourselves. Um, <laughs> but I haven't I haven't just I haven't did it yet.
0: Well, no, you mean, cause you know, it's crazy, cause some of these sports, like, Kansas wants to be, like, they're saying, yeah, well, be, you know, if you want to name us the national basketball champions, like, no, it's going to be a tournament. Like, FSU. Yeah,
3: can, yeah it got to be a tournament.
0: Yeah, FSU is named the ACC basketball champions. Like, we <laughs> play the tournament. What are we doing here? Um, and so, yeah. but, but, if I were y'all, I'd be like, look, we are the XFL champions, the 2019, 20, or I guess 2020 XFL champions. Um, Okay, have you have you uh, been to Carolina much at all, or is this will this be a first uh, first swing through?
3: Um, no, I've, I've been there, you know, for the past couple of years, and uh, due to my me and my girlfriend, we've been living there in the off season. And um, oh, really? Because she's a te- she's a teacher here, she's a teacher there, and everything. So uh, just you know, just looking forward to the opportunity oh, to cool. stick around here a little little more. Uh, so, yeah.
0: so you guys are you guys have been in Charlotte for a while, or somewhere else in Carolina? I live in Raleigh, is why I'm
3: asking. Um, we've been in Charlotte.
0: Oh, cool. So she works for like Mecklenburg County. That's, man, that's, phew. Um, all right. Well, so th- you're familiar with the area then. I mean, that makes it. So you, this is really like a comfort move for you then, because not only do you have the location that you're familiar with, but obviously you've got a coach that you know really well from Temple. What, what is Matt Rule going to it, explain to Panthers fans how Matt Rule Will manage to, what, what, it, what he emphasizes in order to build a program when he starts to really, when he starts to do that, because he's done it at Temple. He redid it at Baylor. That's sort of his thing yeah. is building a program. Explain to him, uh, what, what the, the tenets of like his philosophy are.
3: Yeah. It's all about the process with him, you know, and, uh, he, he's, been, he's very strong on trusting the process and, and keeping your head down and working. You know, he's uh, he's a guy who wants to work. He's a guy who's gonna um, who's gonna get the best out of every player that he brings in, and uh, I'm looking forward to definitely see how he uh translate translates to the NFL, you know, with the with the big transition and everything. I'm looking forward to. I think he'll do awesome as well.
0: Yeah, and it it feels like he's like like you know he's also interested in bringing in not you know comfort players, but like guys he does know, like Robbie Anderson. You, know, you you came in you know with Temple guys that he that he understands you know Teddy Bridgewater uh, played for Joe Brady at at New Orleans Do you think there's a trust factor there that's really important to him to know that he can he can put leaders in the locker room
3: absolutely you know it's a big trust thing yeah man he knows uh, a lot of guys are capable up and uh, he knows he knows a lot of guys personalities you know so that that's the best part about it
0: and uh, Andrew Luck of course was uh, you know a little crossover there as well is it is it true that he gave uh, a, a heavy recommendation for you across multiple platforms.
3: Um, yeah, oh, me and him discussed a lot of things and uh, talked about probably the XFL a few times. And uh, you know, I believe he went to his dad and you know just believed in me and knew that I could. He knew that I could play and knew that I could knew what I was capable of. And he told his dad.
0: Yeah, and yeah, it worked out really well. Is that, can you talk Matt Rule into bringing Cam Phillips to the Carolina Panthers?
3: Uh, I can try. You know, I can try. I can definitely try. Uh, I can definitely, I can definitely try that. And uh, you know, but it's, it's, a, it's a process. I want, I would I prefer Cam to go where he's most comfortable and most uh, you know, most needed. You know, and um, in the best fit, best situation for him as well. You,
0: know? you realize that like you and Cam could say that you're the most like you are the Joe Montana, Jerry Rice of of the XFL, like the greatest wide receiver, quarterback, wide receiver duo in XFL history. You could go around saying that all <laughs> summer long.
3: It was it was fun. You know, playing with Cam was awesome, man. He's, he's definitely a guy that, that that can definitely ball out. Uh, he's a guy who's going to make plays. He's a guy who's going to be open most of the time. And, uh, you know, you're getting a great personality guy as well, a lot of Cam.
0: Uh What does Robbie Anderson bring to the Carolina Panthers? I think people look at him as like, Maybe more of a speed guy. Um, you guys had, yeah. um, his final year at Temple, a crazy connection. Cam Phillips, like 70 catches, yeah. 939 yards, seven touchdowns. Whoo, Temple football, man. Uh, what, uh, what can you tell everybody about Robbie Anderson and what he brings to a team in terms of not just mental, but, but a physical approach and, and how he runs his routes, et yeah. yeah. Uh,
3: mentally, I think Robbie's, uh, he's a, he's a winner. You know, he just wants to go out there and win. He could piece, he could piece his butt off at a high level. You know, he plays with a lot of dog him, and uh, that's why something you want to hit receivers. And uh, we know, we know physically Robbie is as, as fast as, 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 as the most of them in the NFL. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, I think his ball skills is uh, what separates him from a lot of guys. He got the ability to make plays on the football when he's in the air. You know, that's what he, that's what he does really well.
0: What, uh, so I got some, I got some not quarantine questions, but like life football life when you're when you can't really live your life like you normally would yeah. uh what, what what's your routine look like from like a, from a workout perspective you're just working out at home and then from like yeah, a, i'm just working out okay yeah uh, like just like working out like if you have a home gym are you, are you just like ripping off push-ups on the door are you doing like are you like, i don't have, we have a small we have a six-year-old he's down there doing go noodle and that's basically my exercise when it rains
3: yeah, I'm, I'm more so, I'm doing a lot of cardio, doing a lot of, uh, field work as much as I can, as, po- as much as possible. And now for my, for my, for my, uh, for my work, for my weights and everything, I'm just going to my apartment gym and going in as much as, much, as much as I can.
0: Nice. What about, what about from a football perspective? Cause I think that's probably the toughest thing for guys going to new teams. And I mean, you're switching leagues, so that's even tougher. Uh, are you able yeah. to, like, or, when do you expect to have your hands on a playbook and if you do get your hands on a playbook or you can you Facetime with coaches like what are you what's what sort of things th- th- does modern technology allow you to do within the context yeah. of the nfl rules to to actually get acclimated to to being a carolina panther
3: yeah i'm actually uh looking forward to again to work with the uh coaches and you know my teammates and everything you know we uh hopefully we should be doing a lot of Facetime and and uh Going over the going over the playbook that way. I think that's I think that's going to be the way we're going to get into it. <clears throat> uh, over over group over group FaceTime calls. Nice.
0: Uh, what uh, what have you been binging on TV wise while you've been? Uh, stuck- oh man, I, uh, <laughs> I've been watching Money. I watched Money Heist not too long ago. Money Heist.
3: I also yeah, Money Heist. What's that? Uh, it's about a group of people who goes into a. Uh, Goes into a few banks and things like that, and rob the bank, and also rob a couple gold places. It's a, it's a great place. It's a great. It's a great show. Go
0: so check that out. Great
3: show on Netflix. Definitely should check that out. And uh, I just started Ozark about two days ago. Uh, season three, or did
0: you start the the first season? I'm on
3: season. I'm on season two now.
0: Oh yeah, it's good, man. I just started. Uh, see, I, I stayed up to like one a.m. last night, like a dummy, because I was. I started episode one. My wife came down. She made me pause it. She wanted to watch some Tiger King. And then, like, once yeah. she got done with the Tiger I, King, I went I back watch and watched Tiger another King ep- as well. You, you watch that? Yeah, a
3: little Tiger King
0: as well. Yeah, it's, it's just full of villains. Like, both those shows are full yeah. of villains. There's no good guys. In Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, all right. Awesome stuff, PJ Walker. Appreciate it, man. Uh, looking forward to seeing you, you with the Carolina Panthers. And uh, thanks for joining the show. Talk to you soon, buddy.
1: Hey, thank you, man. I appreciate it.